Welcome, friends. Today, we are talking about the wonderful, the glorious, the complicated relationship that we can sometimes have with our in-laws. And somehow we have gone 100 episodes and have not specifically had an episode here, (laughs) which uh, is definitely an oversight because we talk about Christian family life on this podcast. And when you marry a guy, you marry the family and our in-laws are a part of family life, the good, the bad and the ugly. And so today, hopefully it won't get too ugly. I hope you have a wonderful relationship with your in-laws. But wherever you are at on that spectrum, you love them, you tolerate them, you can't stand them. All of us have moments when we're just not on the same page. Maybe that's mother-in-law, father-in-law. Maybe that's um, your husband's siblings or, or kind of the extended family on his side. But when we have a rough patch um, when we're not on the same page with our in-laws, that can make our family life really complicated and messy and and it's just not pleasant. And so I might be thinking about this right now because it's the holidays and I know from being a marriage counselor how often the holidays and the in-laws and vacations like this all can come together in a horrible tornado of difficulty. So maybe that's why it's on my mind right now as we approach Thanksgiving and Christmas. But the things we're going to talk about today, the tips for how to love your in-laws well when you're just not on the same page, it's going to help at the holidays, but it's also going to help any other time of the year. So whether you have a great relationship with your in-laws and it's just every once in a while, you might not be on the same page, or maybe your relationship is filled with a lot of tension and and maybe you really just don't like them, you don't get along, the reality is they are a part of your husband's life and therefore a part of your life, a part of your children's life. So we have to figure out how to make it work. That's why today we are tackling the topic, how to love your in-laws when you are just not on the same page. So my friends, let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Well, my friends, I am so glad that you are here for this conversation, and If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome aboard. We are glad that you are here. And I hope that you're not here because you saw that this is about in-laws and you have a horrible relationship with them. Um, I hope that's not the case. But the reality of life is that for a lot of us, that is indeed the case. Um, We fall for the guy and then we meet his mom and we have a struggle for potentially the rest of our life. Um, hopefully that is not your dynamic. I am thankful. And let me just be clear up front in case she listens to this episode. I'm very thankful. I have a good relationship with my in-laws. But as a marriage therapist, I have worked with so many couples struggling with relationships with his or her parents. 
Um, and sometimes siblings. I mean, it's not just mom-in-law, dad-in-law. It can get complicated with other people in the family as well. So for whatever reason you're here, welcome. This is episode 105. So if you want to find the show notes for today, um, the blog style description of what we talk about, links to the resources that I'm going to mention and some other episodes, um, all of that will be at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 105. That would be your hub to find um, a little bit more about everything we are talking about. And uh, while I'm mentioning the website, let me also point out a free resource that is definitely connected to what we're talking about today. Um, You might want to grab a copy of my free 10-point conflict resolution checklist. Um, it, It doesn't just help your marriage my friends. It can help every dynamic where conflict is building and you want to turn the corner, find some peaceful resolution. Um, That free 10-point conflict resolution checklist might be really helpful. I will make sure to put a link as well in the description for today's episode. Um, And then, you know what? This is not related to in-laws, but... We are about to um, head into the Advent season, if you're listening to this in real time, and I am going to be sending out next week to the email list, if you're on the email newsletter, if you sign up for that free conflict resolution checklist, it will add you to the newsletter, Um, or you can just go to the website and sign up all by yourself. But I'm going to be sending out a discount code next week for the Advent and Christmas related products that we have. Um, Specifically, I'm thinking about the Advent story cards and the Advent devotional journal. Those have been really popular this year and we're about to start Advent. And so uh, I haven't really, I don't really think I'm going to do a big thing for Black Friday, but I want to make sure if you want to support your family through this season and get some resources to help you do that and really invest spiritually in Advent and Christmas and what that means for your family life. I want to make that as easy for you as possible. So if you're not on the email list, hop in there because you will get a discount code uh, next week. Well, I'm sorry, I'm saying next week because I'm recording this over the weekend. (laughs) By the time this episode goes live, I'm going to send this email out on Wednesday. Okay, that's my plan. So if you're listening to this today, Tuesday, mm, tomorrow's the day, my friend, you're going to get a discount code. I'll send it out again later this month, I'm sure. But if you want 50% off the Advent and Christmas stuff, this is your time, my friend. So get on that email list. Now, let's turn the corner ourselves and dive into this topic. After I remind you of my disclaimer, I'm a therapist, but this podcast is not therapy. And if you're struggling with your in-laws, you know, you might need some therapy. (laughs) You would not be the first person to go to marriage counseling because of those in-law dynamics. But I hope that these tips we're going to talk about today will help you move forward and maybe even find a deeper level of connection with your in-laws, but also with your hubby and your kids as you all interact with your extended family. And that leads me to my very first point, which is as you think about how do I love my in-laws when I disagree with them, when we're not on the same page, I don't like the decisions they're making or the things they're doing, your first priority is not to your in-laws. Your first priority is to stay connected to the Lord. How does God want you to treat other people? Um, Fill in the blank, whoever that person is. Right now we're talking about in-laws. 
they are included. When he talks about in the Bible how he wants us to treat people, that includes our in-laws. He wants us to forgive. He wants us to show compassion. He wants us to be patient. All of these things that he says for relationships in general apply to our in-laws. So our first priority is to stay true to the Lord and then very closely related to that when it comes to our in-laws, stay united with your husband. Get on the same page. This should be prioritized above any of the actual dialogues or dynamics with your in-laws. Now, what would this look like? Um, Now, spiritually, staying connected with God, the more time you're spending in his word, in prayer, confessing, you know, seeking his wisdom, all of that is going to be central to building a good relationship with your in-laws, especially when you disagree with them and you're not really feeling connected. So all of the kind of normal spiritual growth tools and disciplines is going to be helpful here. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail right now on what that would look like. I want to focus a little more closely today on the dynamics with the people, your husband, your in-laws, you know, these people that are around you day in and day out, and maybe during the holidays, even more than you would like them to be. So as we focus instead on staying united with your husband, you have to get on the same page. So if you are noticing that you're not on the same page with your in-laws, you need to clarify and make sure that you are on the same page with your husband. And I particularly would say you need to verbalize that. That needs to be a conversation because whatever your in-laws are thinking, you know, showing their values or their decision-making, how they want to handle the in, the uh, holidays or what they're expecting of their conversations with your kids or time with your family, all these sorts of things, it is very likely that your husband might assume or just kind of naturally expect some of those same things because he was raised by these people. And so often we go into marriage with these, I'm going to say, well, sometimes they're unrealistic expectations, but really they're just unverbalized expectations. We often don't even realize what we take for granted. <laughs> um, and I see this come up often uh, with how we spend the holidays. Is Christmas Day a time for just the nuclear family and we're around the tree and we do you know, three presents for each person and it's very intimate and simple? Or... Is Christmas a time when we always travel and we always go visit the grandparents and every aunt and uncle and it's a day of busyness and craziness and dozens of people and lots of food and lots of noise. Those are both very valid um, ways to celebrate Christmas, but they're very different. And so that's obviously just an example. But if you are feeling frustrated because your in-laws are expecting a certain level of time availability at the holidays or, or, you know, they're kind of making plans for what it's going to look like. And you're thinking, um, that's not what I want the holidays to look like. It's possible your husband is just assuming right along with his parents that this is what the holidays look like because that's how he grew up. And we just, we all do this. We all kind of assume the way that I grew up or the way that I'm thinking about things is the normal way. That Sometimes we even think it's the right way, and so we might have some conflict there. But whatever the situation is, 
if you are thinking, I disagree with my in-laws, I'm not on the same page with them here, that first conversation should be with your husband and make sure you and he can get on the same page. From there, you want to have a plan with your husband and let him take the primary lead in addressing issues with his parents. Now, he might struggle with that. There might be all sorts of reasons why it feels easier or more productive for you to have the conversation with his parents. And I'm not going to say there's never a time when that might be appropriate. But generally speaking, because he has the history with them, he has the deeper connection with them, they are only a part of your family because of him, he has the responsibility to take that primary lead in having a conversation. Now that it might not even always be necessary depending on the issue, but if there is something that needs to be solved, like what are we going to do on Christmas Day? We're either staying home or we're going to go visit everybody. One of those is going to win out in how you decide to spend your time. And if it's not in line with what his parents want, he needs to figure out how do I have that conversation and tell them the decision that we as a family have landed on. He's not blaming you. He's not pointing the finger. You know, you guys need to work that out in advance so he can follow up with his parents. And the third piece that I would say here, leaning into that unity with your husband as the top priority in your family relationships, is to make sure that you are not bad-mouthing his parents, his siblings, any of his family members in front of him or in front of your children. And this can, this can slip out so easily that we're thinking, well, that's a silly idea, and we might say it. And, and really what we're saying then is the person who had that idea is silly or foolish or whatever it might be. And we're, we're not necessarily saying your mom is foolish, but is that the message that we're sending? And so we need to be intentional with our language when we're disagreeing with them to make sure that we are still protecting their relationship, protecting their reputation with how we speak about them in these conversations behind closed doors. As you and your husband are working it out, you need to stay respectful of his family. And you've probably had this experience yourself, especially if you have siblings. Um, You know, it's one of those like, I can... I can tease my sister, but you better not say anything about her. (laughs) Um, That can happen with the in-law relationships. Your husband might be criticizing his parents in some way. That does not mean it's going to feel the same if you criticize his parents. And so just, just try to be mindful of that. So that first priority is stay connected with the Lord, treating your in-laws like God wants you to, and stay connected, stay united with your husband get on the same page, let him take the lead in addressing any issues, and be careful not to badmouth them in front of your husband or your children. Now from here, the second point that I want to make about loving your in-laws when you're not on the same page is to be intentional for yourself as you're processing and thinking about what's going on to separate between genuine concerns. These might be unethical things your in-laws are doing or inappropriate behavior, separate between that and simply different preferences. So that might be a parenting style. That might be, what are we going to do on Christmas Day? (laughs) So there is a difference between those genuine concerns that whether they're your in-laws or not, you should be concerned about this and different preferences. 
you need to separate there so that you make sure you're not treating them as the same thing. This can happen very easily because in family dynamics, family relationships, things feel more personal, they feel more important, um, they often are more important. And so we can sometimes overreact and treat something that really comes down to just a different preference. We treat it like it's a big deal, ethical concern, something's wrong with you. You know, we might start that blaming language going on. We want to make sure we're separating between those genuine concerns and different preferences. And one of the best ways to do this, well, let me back up. One of the best ways to do this really is um, to think it through, (laughs) to process it yourself, to not just react in the moment, but to take some time to pray about it and reflect on what's going on. Why is this bothering me? Why are we on different pages? Um, But from there, one of the best ways to approach it is to try to find common ground with your in-laws when you're disagreeing. And if it's a genuine concern, if it's something unethical or inappropriate, um, it's a lot less likely you're going to have common ground. So you might need to go higher, kind of more abstract, appealing to deeper values or their faith, you know, what the Bible says, something like that. But if it's a different preference, they want to spend Christmas Day one way and you want to spend it a different way, well, okay, where's the common ground there? Where is something you could build on? Christmas Day, it probably is, we both have a desire to enjoy family time. You're just going about it differently. Um, Maybe when it comes to parenting styles, your parents are big believers in spanking and you and your husband are not. Well, you both would agree there are things your children do that are inappropriate and you need to handle that in the best way possible, you're just landing on different pages about what is the best way possible. So try to find that common ground and build from there. And then a second piece here, as you're separating between those genuine concerns and different preferences, um, this would particularly would come out in conversation with them. Try to figure out what they like and aim conversations there. You don't always have to talk about whatever the big topic is that you disagree about. That probably does not need to be the center of your conversations. And especially if things have gotten awkward or you find it difficult to talk to them, you might just have different personalities and like you're just not clicking, nothing's really wrong. It's just kind of like, oh, you know, they're not the people I would generally choose to spend time with. Well, you know what? They're your in-laws. You're going to have to spend some time with them. So try to aim those conversations toward things that they like, things they are involved in or invested in. That's going to help them feel more comfortable in the conversation, enjoy the conversation more, which is probably going to help you also feel more comfortable in the conversation. And again, if it's a genuine, deeper concern, they are doing something unethical, maybe you, you need to figure out how to deal with that, of course. But most of the time, Our problems with our in-laws come down to different preferences. So aiming the conversation in a different direction toward things that are more comfortable or more, um, you know, you you are already on the same page. You might have a lot more success building some relationship there and trying to understand why do they think the way they do? What is the common ground that we have here? And so aiming those conversations in a different direction. A third Um, piece of advice, tip, whatever you want to call it for handling these in-law dynamics 
is to be careful that you are showing biblical respect for them and toward them. Now, this absolutely circles back to what we already talked about with staying connected with God, first and foremost, treating your in-laws the way he wants you to treat everyone. And one of those big things that comes out with our in-laws is that the Lord calls us to respect our elders and respect our parents, take care of our parents. Um, We don't just abandon them so we can give to the church, you know, or, or focus on other things. And these are your husband's parents. Hopefully, they are also your brothers and sisters in Christ. And it can be easy to overlook those elements of the in-law relationship. If they are your brothers and sisters in Christ, um, overlooking maybe the fact of, of what God calls us to do for our parents, honoring our parents, caring for our parents, you might not think of it quite the same way because they're not your parents, but you and your husband have become one flesh. And so they are your parents. It's just a slightly different dynamic. So focusing on how to show appropriate biblical respect for them as your husband's parents, as elders, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that's going to go a long way in handling those moments when you are disagreeing and you're not on the same page and it's not a particularly pleasant dynamic in the moment. And two of the things that really help here, um, or I guess one particular thing, but there's maybe two ways that that plays out. One of the best ways we can show respect is holding our tongue. That is not easy to do. We have a lot of episodes about how to do that with our kids and even some with our husbands. But often that's going to come up also with our in-laws. It does not show them respect to disagree with everything that they're saying and poke holes in all of their arguments and opinions. And, and you know, they might have some things that they think or believe or, or do that really don't make sense or, you know, objectively speaking, it might not be the best way to handle things. It might be old fashioned or whatever, but that doesn't mean you have to address all of it. That doesn't mean that you have to correct everything. And especially when you're not on the same page or emotions are getting high, things can roll off our tongue that are not respectful. And so practice holding your tongue. And the two kind of action steps there that might help you are to memorize scripture about holding your tongue. There are some great verses in Colossians chapter 3. Ephesians 4.29 is a big one. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. And James chapter 1 also has some famous verses about um, being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, And so it really might help you to memorize some of these scriptures so that when you're tempted to just like pop in there with your maybe correct, but also not very respectful (laughs) comment to your in-laws, instead you can rehearse, meditate on, remind yourself of some of these scripture passages. But a second action step here, as you're practicing holding your tongue so that you can show biblical respect toward your husband's parents. Um, You can memorize scripture, but then also you can prep and prepare in advance for how you might respond when they are pushing your buttons or, you know, bringing up topics that you disagree with. You probably know what are the common scenarios that you struggle with. 
Every time the holidays roll around, we struggle. Every time I cook something and, you know, my mother-in-law comments on it and I just feel resentful and, you know, these are common situations. So whatever your common situations are with your in-laws, have a plan for how you want to respond. What is that standard phrase that you can say to end the conversation every time it comes up or to express disagreement without starting a big argument? Um, And so here's two ideas of what that might sound like. Um, Obviously, use your own words, make it your own thing. Um, But there might be times where a standard phrase like, well, that's an interesting idea. I'll talk with, fill in your husband's name, I'll talk with Jake about it. Or I'll talk with Mark about it, whatever your husband's name is. You know, that's an interesting idea. Oh, I'll talk with Mark about it. You're sort of brushing it off. Let's be honest. Like you're not, you're not seeking out engagement in the conversation, you probably already know in your head, "Mm, that's interesting. Maybe that's kind of code for I think it's ridiculous. Obviously, it would be disrespectful to say that's ridiculous. Um, But you can you can give that benefit of the doubt, you can give that standard phrasing. And maybe you say this every time, that's fine. This might come up 10 times on Christmas Day. Oh, what an interesting idea. I'll talk with Mark about it. You know, you can say it again and again. That's an interesting idea. I'll talk with Mark later about it. And maybe they pick up on that and maybe they don't. That doesn't matter. What matters is you have practiced and you're ready with however it is you want to respond to that common scenario when you are feeling frustrated or annoyed or bothered by the fact that you're disagreeing with them or you're not liking what's going on. Um, And if you want to be a little more clear or maybe blunt about ending that conversation or expressing your disagreement, maybe you would want to say something like, well, we've actually already decided on fill in the blank with whatever decision you've made. Oh, we've actually already decided that we're going to spend Christmas at home this year and we're really excited to see you on the 26th. Or, um, oh, we've actually already decided that we're not going to spank our children. So um, feel free to talk with Mark if you have questions about that. (laughs) I mean, you can redirect it. If you already know in advance, this is probably going to come up as a hot button topic or a frustrating situation, and this is what I'm going to say to try to shut down the conversation without blaming them, without belittling them, without maybe even correcting them or having the conversation. Now, these obviously are just examples, just ideas, but come up with something that works for you. Whatever that common situation is where you struggle with your in-laws, memorize some scripture passages that help you hold your tongue in the moment, and then practice or prepare in advance how you want to handle those situations. And this is a great time to pull your husband in as a support. (laughs) If he knows, you know, gosh, she struggles sometimes when, you know, my mom is talking about her cooking or whatever it is. And so I'm going to change the conversation first, or I'm going to, you know, swoop in and redirect or something like that, how can he help you so that you can build up a better relationship with your in-laws? And the last piece I want to talk about here when it comes to these in-law dynamics is to establish clear boundaries. And this would, again, would be with your husband, you're on the same page, but what are those boundaries with your in-laws? Know what they are, clarify what they are, and then stick to them. And again, this is probably going to lay a little more heavy on your husband. We often struggle more to 
be clear and direct with our own parents, our own people, um, just because of history and, you know, all sorts of things can kind of get in the way and muddy the waters and make it difficult to be clear and set those boundaries. Um, but again, you don't want to step over him or step on his toes and take the lead in that relationship. You have to be on the same page and figure out together, how are we going to stick with this? So, um, again, you know, so you think about Christmas, you might know, or you might need to figure out in advance, I should say, what you're going to do on Christmas Day. Because if your in-laws are thinking, well, on Christmas Day, you're going to come visit us, and then we're all going to drive over to Aunt Sally's, and that's where we'll have lunch and open some gifts, and then we're going to hop in the car, and we're going to go over to Uncle Ted's, and at his house, that's where we're going to have snacks in the afternoon, and then we're going to go do this, and they've got this big plan. And what you and your husband might decide is, actually, no, we're going to stay home, have our own personal family time. We're going to visit all those people, uh, you know, the next day on the 26th. This is just an example. Let's imagine that that's your plan. You know that it does not line up with what your in-laws want to do. So you might know that plan, but how are you going to clarify with them what the plan is and set some clear boundaries? Because if that conversation is not very clear, I could easily envision your in-laws then thinking, oh, okay, you don't want to leave the house on Christmas Day. Well, we'll just come to you. We'll be there around 10 a.m. How's that sound? And now all of a sudden you thought you were clear, but now you're not clear. You have to have the conversation again. So the more that you can clarify what are these boundaries and then actually stick with them. If you are clear, you have a clear plan. Mom and dad, we're going to call you, but we're not going to see you on Christmas Day. We love you. We'll see you on the 26th. And then they show up at your door at 10 a.m. What do you do? Do you let them in? Do you have the hard conversation then? Do you say, sorry, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk about it then. Like there's many different options for how to handle that moment. But you know your in-laws, your husband knows his parents. Try to be prepared for what boundaries you have and what is likely to get in the way of sticking to them. Now I'm using Christmas as an example because that's a common area where the in-law dynamics get difficult. And because Christmas is about six weeks away when I'm recording this episode. Um, but obviously, again, this goes far beyond Christmas. This would include maybe birthdays. How do you handle gifts? Do you want your kids to get 50 million gifts from their from your in-laws slash their grandparents? If not, you might need to have some hard conversations and establish clear boundaries. What about discipline? What does that look like? What about day-to-day? You know, how often are you going to FaceTime with them? How often are you going to travel to visit them? All these different elements, um, even coming down to their names. Do they want to be called grandma and grandpa? Our kids call my parents grandma and grandpa, but they call my husband's parents Lita and Guapo because those are the names that his sister, (laughs) when she had the first grandchild, asked them, what do you want to be called? That's what they picked. So we had to decide, are we going to go with that? Those names are a little weird. And, you know, obviously, you know, we got used to it. It's fine. But we had to have some conversations about that. You never know what kind of weird dynamics are going to come up with your in-laws because the relationship grows over time. You learn more and more about each other, just like you do with your husband, just like you do with your kids. But there's enough distance there where that can be more difficult. So whatever these different topics are, different situations are that come up where you're not on the same page, 
turn to your husband, talk it through, and make sure you can establish clear boundaries, clear plans, and then stick with them. And I would put a big star. When you think about boundaries, how do you stick with them? I would put a big star by the point, do not use their grandchildren as a bargaining chip. It is so sad that this happens so often. And they might be the ones doing it of, you know, kind of putting that relationship with their grandkids as some sort of, you know, guilt tripping you into things or trying to manipulate the situation. You Obviously, you don't want to give into that. You don't want to let them do that. But as far as you are able to, you and your husband, you want to build a good relationship, a healthy relationship between your children and their grandparents. And so as you think about clear boundaries, how to say no to your in-laws, how to um, handle these hard moments when they come up, when they disagree with you, when they don't want to abide by your rules for your family or your plans for your family, as much as possible, you want to still protect the relationship that your husband has with his parents and that your children have with their grandparents. So don't use them as a bargaining chip. Now, I think there's a lot more that could be said about in-law dynamics, (laughs) in-law relationships, but a lot of that would circle back to just relationships in general. And I know um, lately I've been giving some resources at the beginning of the episode, highlighting some previous episodes that might, you know, you might want to circle back and listen to if this topic is interesting to you. I decided it makes more sense, I think, to put those at the end. (laughs) You know, if you're getting to this point in our conversation and thinking, okay, you know, maybe I want to take some of these action steps, but maybe I need to go deeper. Maybe I want to think about this more. um, That seems like a more logical time (laughs) to mention some other episodes. So let me do that right now. Because As I mentioned already, we don't have any other episodes so far that are specifically about in-law dynamics, but they they really are just relationships, (laughs) and we do have other episodes about that. And so I would suggest episode 71, which is called, Do You Want Great Relationships? These are the three keys to healthy communication in every interaction. Now, I hope that's true with your in-laws. You want a great relationship. You want healthy communication. Um, and then I would also suggest episode 103, Fighting Fair, Finding Forgiveness, and Handling Conflict in Your Christian Marriage. Now, how does that connect with your in-laws? It really helps you with the goals of staying united with your husband, you know, keeping that dynamic at the front, having clear boundaries with him. And as he approaches his parents you might struggle with that. That is often really hard to let someone else take the lead on something that's really important to you. Because it might be sometimes that he's honestly only doing it for you or because of you. He doesn't really care about the issue. Or maybe he even agrees with his parents, but it's not a big deal for him. So he's more than happy to compromise with you. So that might come out in his tone of voice or his urgency or whatever it is as he approaches his parents. So a lot of times the in-law dynamics are particularly painful because they impact our marriage. They create conflict in our marriage. We struggle with how our husband is handling it or not handling it. And so especially if that is you, if you have had some tension with your husband because of the in-laws, episode 103 and others about handling conflict might be particularly helpful. 
So let me recap for us some of these main points about handling the in-law dynamics. First of all, keep God first. Love them like God wants you to love people in general. Stay united with your husband. Make sure to separate those genuine concerns with different preferences. And so you're not treating them as the same thing in your conversations. Show biblical respect for them, in particular by holding your tongue. And establish clear boundaries with your husband and then stick to them. And friends, I know this is not necessarily easy and I want you to make sure to circle back with us in the Friday Faith follow-up episode this week because we are going to turn the page and look at what do we do when it's your parents who are the difficult in-laws? What do we do when, um, you know, it's, it's your own family, your own family that you grew up with, that family of origin that is causing the tension and the difficulty today in your marriage? And so, um... Obviously, what we're talking about right now would still apply, but it's a little different when you're the one that has to kind of take the lead and manage some difficulty in the parent dynamic. So definitely subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that yet. Circle back with us on Friday and uh, grab some of these resources, the conflict resolution checklist, get on the email newsletter for a discount code for our Advent and Christmas products, um, and have the hard conversations. You know, if you're struggling, that is the place to start. Pray about it, talk about it with your husband, and just try to move the needle forward just a little bit, especially as the holidays are approaching. But we will be back on Friday. And until then, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.